Welcome to the Fod Eater Fod Pass. <laughs> what is up, everybody? It is Froth here. Thought Eater Podcast, Thought Eater Blog. Hope you're doing well. Thank you so much for listening and joining me for another Hump Day Blogorama. This is a show every Wednesday where I'm talking about stuff I spotted around the RPG blogosphere all week. I highlight it here, yap about it at length on the podcast. And then I put up all the links that I talk about in order over at the Thought Eater blog. If you want to check that out, just Google Thought Eater blog or go to frothsofdnd.blogspot.com. So, lots of stuff to get to, as always. Another uh, week of great stuff, so excited to get to it. But first, I have a few messages I want to play that uh, tie into last week's hump day. And uh, I'd gotten a few other messages too, but I can't really, I'm trying to keep the messages on the hump day show related to hump day when I can. So I did get some other messages. I'm going to find a chance to find a way to get those on something soon. And uh, what else is going on? Well, most recent podcasts, if you haven't checked them out yet, uh, we're talking about unpopular D&D opinions. So there's a Five Minute Friday on on that, and then I had a kind of like a call in show with people sharing that. And I thought those ended up, you know, pretty like a pretty fun listen if you haven't checked those out yet. And then Friday, I've got a great idea. At least I think it's great. It's definitely absurd. It's not great. Might be stretching it. It's, it's not great. I think it'll be funny, but haven't done a Willie the Wizard in a while. Willie the Hard of Hearing Wizard and his faithful companion Elizabeth. So they'll be coming back for an adventure on Friday. So that's the next thing I got going on then. But let's check out some uh, some messages that I got regarding last week's Hump Day Bloggerama. Yo, what up, Froth? It's Joe, and I'm listening to your Hump Day Bloggerama, and you were talking about the cyberpunk uh, red little mini thing that came out and a review for it. If you want to check out another review, a really, really good review, uh, on YouTube, Seth Sork- Skorkowski. Um, Seth Skorkowski. He's a phenomenal reviewer, does a lot of Cthulhu reviews. Um, he just put out a really good in-depth review of the system after having run it a few times, which he never reviews anything that he hasn't run. Like, not just read, but also run. So it's really good if you're interested. Just thought I'd let you know. Anyway, man, peace out. Hope you're having a good night. Peace. Hey, Jimmy, this is Rudy from the RPG Retrofit Podcast, and uh, I just wanted to say uh, thanks for the another great blog roundup. It's funny, I'm driving around listening, and even though in the back of my mind I know there's going to be show notes, there's, he's going to have a post that will have all the links he's talking about, I'm still driving there like, oh, stressing out over, oh, i got to look up these maps, oh, i got to look up that blog, oh, that sounds amazing. And um, But yeah, there's a lot of great stuff. Uh, week and especially uh, after after listening i looked at those those bookmarks those were awesome the bookmark maps i'm gonna i gotta i gotta do that and um and that that zine that uh nate reviewed the dungeon on a dime looks really really nice so anyways appreciate all the great uh work you do uh see you next time all right, so you just heard there from Rudy from the RPG Retrofit podcast, as well as Joe Richter from Hindsightless and Wheeler Woe podcast. And I appreciate y'all both 
for listening and for calling in. Thank you very much. And Joe, thanks for the information about the cyberpunk stuff. I'm sure some people are wanting to check that out. You know, I noticed another cyberpunk thing was like the number one product on drive through So uh, a lot of cyberpunk kind of games coming out and, and they're all selling really, really well. So thanks for that. And then Rudy, yeah, appreciate you listening and, and thanks for the feedback. And then those dungeons on a dime uh, that Rudy referenced, I talked about last week's um, on last week's hump day. Uh, looked so good. Um, they're kind of like zine-looking adventures with lots of fold-out maps and paper minis and stuff. The production values and artwork looked looked really, really nice. And I had gone to the website to check out, you know, to buy to buy them because I wanted them. And a couple of them were sold out, so I'm, I ended up. I mentioned this. I messaged that person directly, and uh, uh, they had a few. They were setting aside for conventions, and so I ordered them all. They weren't cheap, but they're one of a kind and, and really unique. Uh, so I didn't mind spending a little money on them. And, and so they're, they'll be coming over the pond to me at some point. So I'll probably show those off a little bit when I get them. So, but anyway, thanks again for y'all's messages. Uh, the other things I had for an intro, you know, I talk about when I spot a new blog, I'll, I'll, I'll give them a shout out and, Odysseus Jones, who I've been following around on social media for years now. Odysseus Jones has started the Six Demon blog. blog Odysseusjones.blogspot.com They've just got a few posts up so far. Uh, really, really cool stuff. And uh, I, I really enjoy um, Odysseus's perspective, any interaction that I've had with them. So check that out. Brand new blog, the Six Demon blog, Odysseusjones.blogspot.com a new game that has been getting a lot of buzz is the Alien RPG from Free League. Same folks that brought you Tales from the Loop. And uh, it looks like it's getting out to backers and, and everything now at this point. And so I've got a I thought I'd separate this out from everything else because I'd seen a few different things related to the Alien RPG. First of all, a review over at Geek Native. And then um, Pete Jones, Legendary Anchorite. The Dragons Are Real podcast did a podcast review of it, so I've got a link up for that. And then finally, uh, Tim Bannock over at timbannock.com uh, has got some alien RPG resources, and including form fr form fill versions of the original of the official character sheet, a cheat sheet, and GM screen that they made for it, and. Um, a formatted dump of useful images and information culled from various alien-related wikis and fan resources called the Alien Lifecycle Compilation. So it's just uh, a bunch of stuff to get you started if you're taking a look at that. I'm, I'm very in interested in it. Um, I, I love those movies. Um, even like the ones that people don't like, like the one with Winona Ryder in it. And uh, I know Prometheus, some people you know, kind of got, got mixed reviews, but I, I loved it. So something horrifying about, you know, being the incubator, you know, for a little alien species. I always thought those just made for great sci-fi slash horror movies. And, uh, I've always, I enjoyed every single one of them, even like the alien versus predator. <laughs> I found watchable. I won't call it good, but it was entertaining. So, so anyway, if you're uh, interested in finding out more about the new alien RPG, 
couple a review, a podcast review, and some free resources to get you rolling. The map segment of Hump Day Blogorama is proudly brought to you by Frank Turfler, legendary anchorite of Frank T's Liner Notes. I've been backing Frank T's Patreon for a while. High quality, full color, world class battle maps, sci-fi, fantasy, and otherwise. Innovative print and paste terrain that brings your table to life. Multiple support tiers, including a commercial tier, which will allow you to use Frank T's creations in your own commercial projects. You can sample some of the quality of the work by looking for Frank's Free Map Friday posts. So whether you are a creator that is looking for some cartography for a new project, whether you are a GM gaming online or in person at the table, or you're just like Froth, a map junkie, and you can't get enough of this stuff, go right now to patreon.com forward slash Frank T and check it out. All right, some awesome map stuff I spotted this week. I thought I would share one. I saw it on Reddit. I saw it at the Cartographer's Guild popping up in my um, on my blog roll and everything. This person, Elder Green, did this map, their home world, um, a general map of the world of Thera. And it is awesome. It's like a really cool style. You'll have to check it out, but it's got like, you know, the two sides of the globe, like a North and South pole view. It's even got the constellations and some text mixed in. This is a, just a rad map. I, I, this is uh, what, what I would love to see is maybe like a pullout map or something for, a, for an RPG or something like that. So that's the first map you'll see. I love that one. It was so cool. It was striking layout and uh, I just knew I had to share that one. Then over at the Yet Another Traveler blog, travelerrpgblog.blogspot.com. This is Robert Pierce's blog. Robert Pierce did this awesome free book, Starship Geomorphs. You can use for Traveler or any sci-fi game. I recommend it to people all the time. Someone's like, where's some sci-fi maps? I point them at this thing, the Starship Geomorph book. It is killer. And like I say, it is free to download. And they're talking about eventually doing a print, like a print version of it. And so they're adding some extra maps to it. And I put up one of the bridge uh, that you'll see on the blog. That's awesome. And then the added bonus, there's also an interview uh, in the same blog article. There's a, a video of an interview with Mark Miller, you know, creator of Traveler from GaryCon last March. So that's in the same post. So you get awesome Traveler maps, sci-fi maps. Uh, check, make sure you get that, download that Starship Geomorph book if you haven't, and then you get a Mark Miller interview to top it all off. And then finally with the maps, I thought I'd check in with old Dyson Logos, you know, the legend of, of OSR cartographers, um, and see what Dyson's up to. They've released the Kraken, in other words, made a, this map available for commercial use and Nair's Pyramid. And Dyson says this is one they drew uh, in 20, did in 2013. And it's like a cutaway side view, like kind of mega dungeon sort of map of a pyramid. And I love these. Uh, they're kind of like the, I don't know, you see these side view ones, what with Holmes Basic and uh, um, uh, Judges Guild stuff and things like that, where it's kind of the side, side perspective cutaway view. Uh, so that's a cool one, and it's one that you can use in your zines or, or whatever else. So awesome stuff that Dyson continues to put out at DysonLogos.blog. 
All right, some reviews and retrospectives that I'd like to share. Some cool stuff I spotted around this week. Starting over at the Other Side blog, Tim S. Brannon's blog, theotherside.timsbrannon.com. They did a, a cool uh, article called Reviews, OSR Mars, and they break down a few, um, a few different Mars-related OSR products. Uh, Warriors of Mars, which I know is free, uh, Warriors of the Red Planet, which is uh, uh, Night Owl Workshop, Thomas Denmark thing that I bought. You can get these pretty cheap on Lulu, pretty affordable. I mentioned Lulu a few weeks ago. And then they also talk about the new BX Mars book from Michael Gibbons, a.k.a. Aos. And that's something I shared some uh, a map from a couple weeks ago, this new BX Mars book. And they talk about it. It looks really cool. One I need to pick up. I need to double check and see if that's in print. So, so you can get your Mars fix over at the Other Side blog. Then I talked about last week uh, Wayne from Wayne's Books. Excellent spot to pick up hard-to-find stuff if you're interested. Uh, I did a did a little retrospective last week of a, the 1982 D&D fantasy art calendar. This week, Wayne's got the 1981 calendar. And same deal, a bunch of images and stuff. I had never seen these. I love seeing the artwork. It's really interesting to me and, and cool uh, to go back in time. I would have loved these calendars when I was younger. But uh, anyway... Something else to check out. I like seeing that. You know, go from the 82, and now he's got the 81 up there. At the Vintage RPG Tumblr, Vintage... Oh, and did I mention that's waynesbooks.games? My bad. And check out... Wayne's got all kinds of out-of-print, hard-to-find stuff over there, too. So, you know, maybe get your wallet out when you're over there. <laughs> but uh, the Vintage RPG Tumblr, I've really enjoyed following this Tumblr because they're always posting some kind of interesting old product vintagerpg.tumblr.com this time they're doing one of Yakinto's old kind of I guess you'd call it maybe a board game called Hero from 1980 it was packaged in a in a record sleeve and it's like a competitive solo game where you see who can get through this maze and stuff first and uh, what does it say uh the goal is to be the first to reach and successfully woo the princess who stands at the nexus of the three dungeons. This was a weird game I'd certainly never heard of. The artwork's cool, so if you want to see a little look at this old Yakinto game, Hero, check that out. Over at the Man with a Hammer blog, the Man with a Hammer.blogspot.com. This is uh, the Agile Goatman's blog. They do a review of a um, a starter adventure, Dead by Dawn, for Shadow of the Demon Lord. And that's a intriguing game to me. Uh, I think I'm going to pick that up for myself for maybe for the holidays. Uh, price is starting to come down a little bit on them, on them used. And uh, that's one that I've been interested in for a while. Maybe I'll treat myself to that. But this is a review of a really affordable $1.50 PDF adventure called Dead by Dawn, which is a starting adventure for Shadow of the Demon Lord. And uh, they talk about that, so I thought I'd share that. I don't know if I've ever shared anything from the man with a hammer before, so. Now, I know I've shared a lot from um, Pookie over at the Reviews from Oye blog. They did a really detailed, uh, as per Pookie's, you know, how Pookie normally does them, uh, a very detailed review of uh, White Hack, uh, which is an OSR game kind of with a twist. It's got a lot of freeform character creation, and such, and um, 
they maybe don't have a huge following, but the people I know that like White Hack that are into it, they're like hardcore into White Hack. And it says, uh, it says White Hack offers flexibility and freedom to do more, not just for the referee, but the players who have the freedom to create the characters they want without the constraints of traditional fantasy. So, um, interesting game. Uh, and I like how it is. Um, I like the production design and everything of white hack too. It's kind of an interesting, uh, interesting product all around. So if you've never heard of white hack or never checked it out, you would get a lot of information over at really a reviews.blogspot.com. Now I mentioned this site when I was closing out Arneson month, the OSR grimoire, osrgrimoire.blogspot.com, paleo logos over here. Did a great article on the old dungeon board game. I say old, but they've reprinted it now. And even like my, my, uh, I guess they're my step or no, what would they be? My grand nephews. I don't even know what I call them. my niece. My nephews have this and, uh, they, um, it goes into detail about how Dave McGarry created it, how they were inspired by Arneson's Blackmore, and it's got a bunch of links to like the history of it. And then one of the really interesting things is it's got a map, an image of a map that I put an image of up, of McGarry's first dungeon from 1972, and it's just killer. So this is a great historical retrospective type post on the dungeon board game and, and, and how it came to be. And I just thought it was great. So that's over at osrgrimoire.blogspot.com. Then finally on the reviews and retrospectives, I talked about this scion RPG a few weeks ago. Part one was up a few weeks ago over at fantasy faction.com. And I was intrigued by the game. It sounds really interesting. Basically gods are real and you're like the children of the gods you know, living on the planet and it sounded like it could be, you know, with the right group could be really fun. The game seems huge because there's two huge, you know, there's two whole books for the game. They did book one last time and now they're doing book two called Hero. So it's a kind of in-depth review, a lot of good images from the book and everything talking about this Scion game. And this is uh, Richard Marpole's blog. So enjoyed looking at this. This is kind of one where, you know, I feel like it would probably sit on the shelf if I got it. But if I, if you ever ran into someone wanting to run some Scion or something, it might be a cool game to sit at the table and play. It's certainly an interesting premise that I, I don't think had really been done before. So, All right, so we're going to roll on some random tables. And I'll go ahead and warn you, the, the first one, you might want to finish what you're eating first. or <laughs> Because it's a kind of a gross-out type deal at a blasted cratered land, craterland.blogspot.com. Exploring the Metropolis. So it's this, uh, hmm. the Metropolis basically is the largest city that still stands in the corpse belly of Ogoth, the turtle who once bore the world upon its back. And the towers of the Metropolis are spines of fresh grown bone banded with blood iron from the shoreline foundries. Uh, less fortunate citizens live in the jerkied slums of flash grown muscle, a brutal city where food is plentiful, but health is in short supply. Uh, flesh crafter families, butchers working tireless, tirelessly in the streets. Um, chemists purify water from what passes for weather. So this is a gross out, <laughs> but yet strangely poetic setting, the, the Metropolis being the capital city. 
Yeah, I told you it was weird. Um, but some of these are so creative, yet so gross, I thought I'd roll on them a little bit. Like, what can you find down at the flesh market? You know, what kind of adventuring supplies can a guy, what, what can a guy get around here down at the old flesh market? And uh, some meat hooks. <laughs> I can find a set of iron hooks connected with sinews that grip deep and won't let go. So I uh, can find some meat hooks. Apparently they're good for climbing vertical surfaces. Um, and I can, you know, obviously do some damage with it. Uh, there's the children of meat. Um, minor flesh beasts. So let's see. Not a major flesh beast, but... <laughs> Uh, just a, a minor flesh beast, uh, the crab cat, a crab with small furred paws instead of claws, common, loyal house pet, adorable, curious, and cowardly. I don't know if it goes far as adorable, but, uh, yeah, a minor flesh beast, a crab cat. Uh, there's like some bizarre grubs that you could buy, like that can help you. Let's see. Let's roll on the old grub table here. <laughs> Um, oh, that's odd. It doesn't have, okay. Uh, spider eggs, uh, they're actually rather harmless, but they hatch in 24 hours and hundreds of tiny sp spiders crawl out of the wound and imprint on the target as a parent. They love the target very much and won't leave them alone or even leave their body. Hope you're not arachnophobic. <laughs> so yeah, uh, there's like a, a woman in a long coat, the hormone monger, you know, that, that sells Hormones and <laughs> I don't know, y'all. <laughs> uh, it's a weird one, but uh, very, very creative, uh, very well written, and just uh, so bizarre that I felt compelled to share it. If you want to go over to the blasted cratered land and explore the metropolis, check it out at craterland.blogspot.com. The only other thing I wanted to mention, I mean, I saw a bunch of random tables, but the other one that I really caught my eye, I thought I'd share was that Coins and Scrolls, Skirples blog, coinsandscrolls.blogspot.com, D1000 Mutations, and this is a downloadable PDF for free, D1000 Mutations, went for an online dice roller on this, but let's see what uh, mutations we get. <clears throat> uh, goat horns, small, black, and pointy. Get another mutation going here. 351. This is a really cool table here. D1000 mutations. Download free PF. Uh, rabbit legs. Jump twice as, twice as high. And I'm slightly luckier. Do one more mutation. I got horns. I got rabbit legs. 668. And an unstable shimmer. Constant micro-teleportation, I reduce all incoming damage by three. So, yeah, I mean, if you can't find some kind of cool hook on this PDF, you're not really trying. I mean, it's it's a thousand mutations. So, um, I'm looking at little things. Orbiting eyes, the sniffles, a prudish nose. <laughs> uh, so, that, that that's just really awesome. And I appreciate Skirples putting that one up for free. So... Yeah, you know, maybe you can take the D1000 mutations, get a really weird character, and then send them out to the Metropolis <laughs> and have nightmares for a long time. All right, on to the free stuff. Yay! 
Starting over the Toad RPG blog, toadrpg.blogspot.com, the Giant Toad blog, Rattlemane's blog. They've got a two-page old-school D&D sort of hack called Moldhammer. And so this is, uh, it's got a link, you can download this thing for free. They say it's influenced by the Necrotic Gnome reorganization of BX. And, uh, you know, down to two pages. And they've also got a second post that I linked up with some alternate rules and bonus content. So if you like really super rules light OSR, you might want to check out Moldhammer over at the toadrpg.blogspot.com blog, the Giant Toad blog. Then over at the Archons, Archons, I always said Archon, but do other people say Archon? You know, sometimes you wonder how this stuff is actually pronounced, but... Uh, Archons Court, I'm calling it Archon. Archons-court.blogspot.com. This is Luther Gutekunst's blog. They put up a link to an adventure called Ghost Ship to Planet Transylvania. Very gonzo, if you couldn't tell. They say it's a collaborative effort between them and John Rattlemane, uh, f- following a challenge from the ever-productive Glog Ghetto of the OSR Discord. An 11-page stealth dungeon point crawl thing set on Dracula's coffin ship. With plenty of original art from Rattleman. You know, I was just talking about Rattleman over at the Toad RPG blog. Rattleman, I love Rattleman's drawings. They really add a lot to this. And this is a kind of very gonzo, weird, uh, sci-fi sort of thing. The ghost ship to planet Transylvania. You can download that now over at archons-court.blogspot.com. I thought it was awesome. Then uh, I've mentioned before how Martin O over at the Goodberry Monthly blog, goodberrymonthly.blogspot.com, has been slowly but surely building their um, mega dungeon, the Galax Hall, Old Galax Hall. And they had previously, I'd previously linked when they started this, also when they put up the level one basement that you could download as formatted, and now level two, the steam tunnels, I notice, is where you can download it uh, formatted. And then they've got the information up for level three. So imagine the next time I see level four, it'll have this where you can download it. So it's been cool following Martin O building this mega dungeon and, um, and, uh, you can kind of download it as it grows and, and check it out. That's at goodberrymonthly.blogspot.com. <clears throat> then, um, let's see. I think I went out of order, yeah. Then, uh, so, I've made no secret that I enjoy um, Pathfinder 2E. And uh, they've got a free download for a new playtest, you know, for their advanced player guide, I guess, that's coming out at some point. So, this is just something you may be interested in, you might not. But it's a playtest for some new character classes for Pathfinder 2E. The Investigator, the Oracle, the Swashbuckler, and the Witch. And so, this is 45 pages of playtest material full classes and it's really cool so and it's got some artwork in it too it's not just straight up text so i kind of liked uh, this and i like pathfinder 2e so you may have missed that if if you want to check out this play test and check out what some of the new classes are looking like that's uh i got that link over from paizo and finally on the free stuff i'm over at joel pretty's blog an abominable an abominable fancy abominablefancy.blogspot.com it's called 5e One-Shot, Paired Down Play for Getting Started Quickly. They say last time they ran an adventure at the library, they were delighted to find that one of their players knew nothing about D&D, but they were ready to go. Except 
it caused a real disconnect with the other players spending time trying to bring the person up to speed while others were waiting around. And they said at its core, 5e isn't different from simple systems. Um, you know, so basically this is like a stripped down 5e, 5e one shot. And uh, it says the mechanic you basically need to know is roll a d20, higher is better. Your character sheet might give you bonuses to add to this roll. Can't disagree. That really boils it down, you know. And it's got two different versions, like a color version and a, a grayscale version of this. But I thought it was a really interesting idea, paring down 5e to the bare minimum, making it super easy to introduce a new player to it. So I thought that was really, really cool. Again, uh, Joel Pretty's blog, An Abominable Fancy. Abominablefancy.blogspot.com. Download that 5e one-shot and check it out. All right, some miscellaneous stuff, some really good stuff this week that I spotted, uh, that I wanted to share with y'all. Starting over at Grow Dog's blog, the From Kuros Krill, Quill, Ugh. you know, it's that time of the podcast <laughs> where my mouth falls apart. Um, you know, I got trying to shake off Metopia. <laughs> so, uh, anyway, it's growdog.blogspot.com, the From Kuros Quill blog. I just thought I'd just mention this. Grodog is starting a new series, Mega Dungeon Mondays, where they're going to um, start posting something new and hopefully interestingly useful on the blog concerning Mega Dungeon design. And they kick it off with a blue rendering of their first level of their version of Castle Greyhawk. And so this will be a very cool uh, blog series to follow along if you're into Mega Dungeons. And Grodog's a very creative individual, so I would check that out. Over at growdog.blogspot.com, follow that Mega Dungeon Monday series that's going to be happening. Then at Flintlocks and Witchery, James T. Hook's blog, flintlocksandwitchery.blogspot.com. So many times this has come up with the on various anchor podcasts, I know Spike Pit and a bunch of places, talking about how to be a good player. And this is James's own rules as a player, you know, their own rules for being a good player. And I thought these were fantastic. They include... I do not hoard my wow bangs. If I die with a sheet full of magical items or spells, then I played in vain. I love that. Use your stuff. They also mention uh, spend your damn money. Buy information, rumors, contacts, hidey holes, strongholds, small armies of mercs, church support, adoration for the masses, and anything and everything else that gives your DM a lever to move your world. Uh, so spending, spend the money, you know, blow the money. <laughs> They say they surprise the DM. They help other players have big moments. Uh, they pay attention. Um, I, I love these player rules. These are actually, this is, would be really cool, like, like a mini zine um, made out of these. I, I thought these were really well phrased and um, something that can be, sometimes be difficult to phrase, you know, how to be a good player. I thought James Hook did a phenomenal job of it, and I, I love this post. One of my favorite posts I've read in a while at Flintlocks and Witchery. Uh, if you haven't been following, I've mentioned it twice now. Part three of the Diamond Games Travel and Hex Crawling series is up. These are great if you haven't followed them. Collections of links, a bunch of bloggers talking about hex crawls, point crawls, path crawls how they do it, random tables, everything else. So if you're into hex crawling, you want to see how other people do it, this has been an excellent series. Part 3 is up now at diamond, D-A-I-M-O-N-games.blogspot.com. David Pignandoli's blog. Excellent stuff. So um, if you're, you want to immerse yourself in 
all kind of hex crawl talk and different ways to do it. That, this is you can't get any better than this series here. So part three is up now. I loved seeing at boneboxchant.wordpress.com an interview with Jarrett Crater and F.M. Geist. Editors, extraordinaire, project managers, authors, creative couple of folks that I've had the good luck to cross paths with a couple of times. If they are involved working on something, you can almost bet that it's a must-buy. They've worked on all kinds of uh, mothership stuff, ultraviolet grasslands. Uh, they mentioned that they're working on the new James Malashevsky um, uh, Empire of the Petal Throne zine that I can't wait to, to purchase. It's a great zine. They talk about uh, other stuff they've been working on. And, uh, and I th what was really great about this, of course, they have good, you know, really good senses of humor. But it was interesting hearing people talk about, you know, things from an editor's perspective, you know. Um, and, and they talk how they got into gaming a little bit and their, their work process. And so I thought this was an excellent um, interview. Very, very entertaining to read. And uh, a couple of people that I really like to, to follow along with and see what they're working on. Like I say, if, if they're working on it, odds are it's going to be something I want to purchase. So you can check that interview over at the Bonebox Chant, boneboxchant.wordpress.com. That's Pandatheist blog. Finally, I thought this was so funny I had to share it at Geek Native, geeknative.com. D&D memes, renamed monsters. So this is taken from the D&D meme Facebook community. And they went about creating their own monster manual inspired alternatives. So they just renamed various monsters. And I put up one image, but the, it's got more at the at the blog link. But for example, they call a flump a spaghetti pizza, <laughs> and uh, a naga is a lady face bad noodle. <laughs> so, I don't know why I like these so much, but uh, they're they're quite funny. Uh, um, anyway, I. Go over and check them out and see if you think they're as funny as I did. All right, so the final topic today, it's called Useless Complexity. And there's basically a rant over at the Method Set Madness blog, methodsetmadness.blogspot.com. And uh, this is Eric Diaz's blog. And it's a rant on the useless complexity of D&D &D 5e. And um, they... They kind of just talk about how, and I was talking about this a little bit in a recent um, in a recent podcast. We were talking about unpopular D and D opinions, and um, it it it, uh, it was Joe Richter from who who called in earlier from Hindsightless and um, Wheeler Woe. talking about how they weren't really a fan of the um, of the Five E Adventures and. You know, I kind of remarked how they're kind of hard to run, the way that they're laid out. And this is kind of a rant about the way that the, um, like the player's handbook and just the way the rules are written. You know, they're not written super concisely. They're kind of conversational and, and uh, they describe it as a, uh, as a Rube Goldberg machine, Eric Diaz does. And I had to look up what that was. Uh, a Rube Goldberg machine named after the cartoonist Rube Goldberg is a machine intentionally designed to perform a simple task in an indirect and overly complicated way. So, uh, and I think that is probably a fair description of, uh, of, um, of the 5e books. Now, 
Floppy books are very popular. As Eric Diaz says, uh, what are the, the words that Eric uses? Uh, he says, what, you know, what does he know? He's sold a couple books and, and Watsy's sold millions. How can I criticize a business model that allows them to sell 500 pages where 50 would suffice? Good point. And I'm sure that's maybe, maybe part of it. But uh, the books, it becomes pretty tough. And, you know, I, 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 there's other games that are like this too, not just to pick on 5e, that are, that are, it's hard to find information and it's kind of buried and it's not explicitly spelled out. And that's one of the things that OSR games have gotten really good at, um, refining the stuff to where it's, it's very, very simple to understand. And the games still have a lot of complexity, but it's not um, so conversational in style for what is, you know, explicitly a handbook to learn how to play the game. Um, so anyway, I had gotten a call in from uh, from Joe because one of the things that Joe had talked about was, uh, you know, talking about these five adventures. You know, he 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 thought that maybe Curse of Strahd might you know, might be an exception. And my experience running Curse of Stride was that it was very, very hard to run. It was very difficult. Stuff was spread all out. It wasn't, there was no, you know, I look at, when I think about a great adventure to run, my mind always goes back to Stonehell, Michael Curtis's Stonehell. It's not the most beautiful book, right? It's maybe not the most, uh, you know, I think the flavor and everything and the storyline and everything is great, but, you know, what, where it really shines is the layout and the functionality. No other mega dungeon, at least that I've ever picked up. Now, a lot of them are, hey, it's got, you know, they're designed well to where they help a, a GM run it. But none of them are just be able to pick up and run, you know, like that, except for Stonehell. You can literally just pick it up, open a page. The layout makes so much almost like intuitive sense that you can just be running it in no time. With, with no preparation, and, and it's a mega dungeon. So it, it's unbelievable uh, in its functionality. I don't expect that out of everything. I don't even know if it's possible, but you know, that's what I look at is when I think about the height of functionality, there's that. When I look at the low point of functionality, it's somewhere around <laughs> Curse of Strahd. So anyway, this kind of tied into a call I got from Joe that I'm going to play real quick. Yo, Froth, it's Joe. Uh, I haven't actually run Strahd at all, so I just thought it looked cool when I was talking about it. But I do have a friend who's thinking about running it, and she really wants to run it. So do you, would you have any suggestions on which one of the old versions might be better and easier to run? Because, yeah, man, like you said, these 5e adventures are, they're like, book like literature books like you were talking about they're like art pieces man they're not meant for actual at the table use it doesn't feel like so yeah dude if you have any suggestions for old raven slash curse of strahd i'd appreciate it okay hope you're having a good one peace out all right so that was joe richter there and and so the thing about it is is you know first of all you know this obviously it's all my opinion and curse of strahd is routinely rated the highest in every poll I see of, of 5e players, DMs, when they rate the, uh, the 5e adventures, Curse of Strahd is number one. I've never seen it. Not, a, I mean, I see the, uh, uh, Fandelver starter adventure get some high ratings 
and everything. And it's not like the others are all, you know, you know, thrown in the trash heap or anything, but Strahd is always at the top. So I don't know. You know, there's something where you may, sometimes if you don't know what you're missing, you, you know, you, you don't mind what you got. So I'd be hesitant to tell your, you know, the, this friend of Joe's to, to run something else because I don't know how far off my perception is from everyone else. You know, for me, I got to be dreading it. It wasn't just because of the layout, but I got to be dreading running it. I did finish it. We did have fun. Don't get me wrong. Um, and look, millions, you know, whatever, thousands and thousands of people love it. So I don't want to discourage someone from checking it out. I don't want to ever tell somebody, you know, that something is crap, you know, like I'm the authority on it, you know, um, now the, you know, the original Ravenloft is fun adventure. It's definitely way the hell shorter. <laughs> so, uh, it, it, it's going to be easier for someone to run just in that sense. It's not, you know, it's long drawn out. I mean, it took us well, well over a year to run Curse Strahd, well over a year. Um, so, but you know, it made me think about, you know, I'd be, I'm hesitant to, to go too far and telling someone not to look at it because, you know, I, you know, one of the, you know, a lot of people probably don't even notice this stuff we're talking about, the, the needless complexity with the PHB or anything. They, they've got it memorized. They know right where to look. They've got the rules memorized. It doesn't phase them. It's not an obvious thing anymore. They've internalized all the information and, and they, they, you know, face it maybe most of the players out there right now have only ever played 5e. I would not be surprised if that was the case. I mean, I know there's a lot of old, <laughs> those old decrepit folks running around, but, uh, you know, there's so many new people that have come into the 5e straight from 5e that, um, that uh, it, it, you know, if you don't know, you know, if you've never had ice cream, you don't know how bad you're, <laughs> You know, you don't know what you're missing. You know what I'm saying? So, um, so anyway, for your friend, Joe, you know, if they're playing straight up 5e, it's, it's going to be tougher on them. Probably I would think to just convert, uh, you know, they're better off just slogging through the long tax probably than they are if they're new or whatever, trying to convert, you know, stuff on the fly. I mean, it's not impossible, obviously, to convert uh, if you're experienced or whatever. But you're, you're, you know, you're probably better off sticking with the five E than trying to, you know, convert one E on the fly. Depending on how much experience you have, and then the other thing too is this. This all made me think about, you know, I'm biased. You know, I'm really, really biased. <laughs> so, you know, I get where where Eric is ranting here. And, uh, and I see it right away when I'm looking at something, but I think, you know, it's, everybody's got different perspectives and everything. And so some people don't understand how complex what they're, they're looking at is, and maybe they, they, they don't mind it. You know, maybe when they see, you know, coming from 5e and it's, and it's complexity and everything, maybe that's so normal to them when they see <clears throat> an adventure like Stone Hell or when they see, uh, you know, uh, a BX essentials or something laid out, you know, really crystal clear with, you know, hardly any words that 
don't need to be there. You know, they see, you know, maybe they see a cheap game or, you know, not a full game or, or something less than, uh, the five E, you know, it's like, uh, and then like Eric said, you know, they're, they're, they're doing pretty well. So they're doing something right, you know, <laughs> and, 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 I, and I'm over here, you know what I mean? So anyway, I just thought when I saw this rant about useless complexity, it tied into some other stuff I've been talking about on the podcast. So I thought I'd put it all together, just look at different sides of it and everything. And, and, uh, I, I did not, one thing I definitely did not want this to be is just a pile on 5e. I like 5e not being that critical of it. I cover 5e on here all the time. Um, I'm playing in a 5e game. I think it's a really good game. Um, this is more just about layout and how you uh, um, disseminate information, how you how you provide information, and uh, that it may, I think too just that I'm spoiled. You know, once you've once you've run a little stone hell, you're you're spoiled. All right, so that's the show for this week. <clears throat> I didn't feel on top of my game this week. That's going to happen sometimes, but I can tell you this: after you've been recording for a few hours. It's done, you know. It is what it is. It ain't getting. It's not getting done over again. You're stuck with it. So I appreciate folks for you know if you stuck with it this far and listened to it. The content, you know, the stuff is good. My delivery, yeah, you never know. Uh, you know, it's up and down. I do my best. Anyway. <clears throat> Check out all these links these awesome bloggers put up. You know, it's week after week. Free stuff, maps, reviews, you know, interesting posts, interesting opinions. Uh, you know, it's just another week on the blog. So I love sharing this stuff. I love talking about it. So I'm really thankful for listeners for uh, for sharing it with me. So I appreciate you. Next you'll hear from me, like I mentioned, I've got a what I think is a funny idea for Willie the Wizard. So that's going to be on Friday. I'll be out of town this weekend, so I don't know if I'll do anything on Sunday. I, I, I tried to get back in town on Sunday for playing a 5e game that I'm playing in, so uh, we won't be running my uh, Froth University this weekend, but next weekend for sure. It's been a really good, you know, really successful couple of weeks uh, as far as uh, listens and stuff on uh, my podcast, and, and I want to, again, just say how much I appreciate folks taking the time to check it out. Uh, there are so many good options for things out there, so many great entertainment options, so many just amazing podcasts here on Anchor alone. And uh, it, so I, I'm thrilled that people uh, spend a little time with me. So thank you. If you want to support the program, you know, you can share my blog on your blog roll, you know, let other people know about the show, share it or like it on social media, you know, uh, give it a rating on a different podcast um, platforms. And if you want to support it monetarily, it's just a dollar a month. So if you if you like what I'm doing, you want to throw a dollar a month at me, you go to patreon.com forward slash thought eater. I want to give a special thank you to the folks back me on Patreon. I really appreciate y'all's support. Thank you so much. And I also want to thank Frank T for sponsoring the map seg- segment of the Hump Day Blogorama. Y'all really need to check out Frank Turfler's stuff if you haven't before. It really is awesome. And uh, that's at patreon.com forward slash Frank T. 
You can message me on the Anchor app. If you got any comments about useless complexity, anything else, I'd love to hear from you. I'll put you on the show. You can also send me an email at frothsoftfrothsof at gmail.com. Blog again with all these links is a Thought Eater blog. You can Google it or go to frothsoftdnd.blogspot.com. And with that, I'm going to go, I'm recording this Tuesday night, so I'm going to go cook some dinner. And I hope you guys have a great rest of the week. Let's go, Logan. Sickly platypus, a psychic grenade, zeroing in on your mental trade, gonna help you escape from the grind, thought eater gonna blow your mind.